0: Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main web address. Clark.com slash ask is where you go to post questions for me. Uh, If you want to talk with a member of our team, you can uh, look at Clark.com, move down that home screen, and you'll see to get free off-the-air advice, the phone number, the hours available, and never, never in my history on the air, which is 30 years, never in the nearly 25 years that we provided off-air advice, never in the 20 years of Clark.com, prior used to be called ClarkHoward.com, never has there been a topic that has generated the number of questions And the amount of interest is the Equifax mass mess up with your credit. And I'm going to give you an update. There are new developments today, and I'm going to give you an update on that in just a moment. Coming up in 20 or so minutes, I'm going to talk about what's going on with EpiPen. There's some information you need to know if you have someone who has allergies in your family and has to carry an EpiPen. And later in today's show, mortgage rates have gone the opposite direction of what was predicted, where they had been moving, and it's because of a number of external factors, the hurricanes, the instability involving North Korea, the uh, political dysfunction in Washington, and it's creating new opportunities for you with loans, and I'm going to talk about that just later today and with the Equifax situation if you've been living under a rock Equifax had the data breach of all data breaches exposing to this point what's known as 143 million American adults that's roughly somewhere close to two out of three American adults with a credit report they've also messed up for Canadians, and for people in Europe. Let's talk about Americans. Equifax's response has been lame, has been late, has been contemptuous of the American public. Equifax knew about the data breach back in July and still last week was trying to rush through the U.S. House, a bill that would exempt them from liability for this data breach and other errors that they commit on people's credit. This is a company that is so used to getting its way in Washington with all the money it spreads around and man, I saw something on the internet yesterday of all the money that they have given to key members of committees in the House and the Senate who are the ones that get so much money from them, they're the ones that do Equifax's bidding. Crony capitalism at its worst. And the real problem here is when you look at Equifax's response, they do not look at you and me as their customer. They look at us as just data points to be packaged, sliced, diced, built into dossiers, and sold again and again and again. And they have been completely unprepared for the anger and the reaction. I want to tell you something. I wear a fitness tracker and I have watched my heart rate stay much higher in the combination of this breach and what people have been through with the two hurricanes. And gosh, this isn't good for my health. (laughs) I need to calm down. I've been doing some deep breathing to try to calm down because my heart rate usually rests at around 58. My low today is 80. My high is 126. This is not good. There are people who saw the video I did in front of Equifax's headquarters who were worried about me. And on reflection, I need to calm down, but I am so angry, and this is more than a generation of frustration built up with me about Equifax and their two competitors, because I have seen firsthand through your stories, your experiences that I've told on TV, that I've heard here on radio, and that we've shared on the web, that when you have a mess up with your credit report, these people don't care and this is just a continued manifestation of that, now that Equifax has subjected 143 million people to the prospect of identity theft for the rest of your life. The information the criminals have is so extensive, this is a forever deal. So Equifax, lamely and belatedly, has now made credit freezes free for the next 30 days only. You know, I'm not big into the whole lawyer thing. There's not enough money to hit them with because the only amount that would be right is if they were destroyed. You clowns without a conscience... Now, after all this public pressure offering people credit freeze, the only effective means to protect yourself for just 30 days for free? Get it together. Now, TransUnion has a parallel process that we're still trying to understand if it's something I can recommend as an alternative to credit freeze. Because credit freeze is the best tool you have with Equifax TransUnion Experian. You have to do it with all three each issues you a secret code it locks down your credit when you need access to your credit to apply for new credit you then use that code to thaw your credit file under current law which congress needs to change you have to pay what your state deems is an acceptable amount to freeze or thaw your credit typically ranging from zero to as much as $10 per bureau, times three. And this is our data that we don't have control of, that we are just used and abused by these credit bureaus, and we should not have to pay to protect our own identity. But for now, take advantage of Equifax's free credit freeze offer. The TransUnion thing... I'll let you know if what they call the lock is an acceptable alternative to freeze. As soon as I've really digested it, I can't do that today. So for now, I would say it still is the right advice to freeze your TransUnion credit file. Same with Experian. Hopefully, through the lawsuits coming against Equifax, they will have to reimburse every one of the 143 million of us for having spent money to freeze our credit files, and they should have to pay forever for every time you and I have to thaw our files. Kim, you have a zillion questions from people. Let's get to some of those.
1: I do, I do. I just wanted to first say that we answered a different zillion questions on yesterday's podcast, and I would encourage people to go back and listen to it, because I'm going to try not to repeat questions and just get And yesterday's
0: radio show as well.
1: And yesterday's radio show, of course, but it's hard to go back in radio and- listen to the past so the podcast is there for you um also one of the things that you brought up yesterday and said we would follow up on was what do people do if they had already frozen their credit should they be changing their pin and you said we were going to wait and try to figure out what equifax has to say about when to do that wanted to let you know that joel has reached out to them and as soon as we find out what people should do we will share it with you
0: yeah equifax if you're not aware equifax was using a system for your pen code for your credit freeze that an elementary school kid could crack. I mean, forget somebody who's a hacker. And so after that was exposed following their data breach, they are scrambling to come up with a new system to put in secure credit freeze pens, and they just either aren't telling or they don't know when they're going to have that ready
1: understood okay on to more questions people want to know if they should be freezing credit smaller credit reporting agencies like innovis
0: no i'm not as concerned about innovis they're a specialized bureau and rarely would they be used it can be used for extending a credit decision and i may change my mind over time if they get more market share i would start with you can't pr- you can't solve every eventuality in life So with almost all the market share being in the hands of Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, that's a great start. If you want to be extra thorough, you can do the other as well.
1: With the Equifax data breach, people have to pay, except for with Equifax now, for this 30 days. But would it be wise to file a police report as though an identity theft victim to try to get around the fee?
0: No, you are not under the law in any jurisdiction I'm aware of. Considered to be a victim of identity theft, even though they have your date of birth, your name, social security number, current address, all prior addresses. For many people, your driver's license and credit card numbers.
1: Is there a specific um, impact to people who use MyFICO?
0: Not that I am aware of. I don't know of any problem with the MyFICO angle. I want to mention something about our credit freeze guide. We had a link. You know, we have for each of the bureaus for TransUnion, we've fixed it. We had a link that was confusing people, and we had a number of people say that they had signed up for the wrong thing at TransUnion. So we are fixing that link, may have already fixed it. It's fixed, yeah. So it will go past that area that confused people right to filling in the blanks for a credit freeze.
1: Okay. And people want to know if they can opt out of credit reporting
0: agencies. That will be up to the U.S. Congress. And again, because of all the dirty money that the Trade Association for the Credit Bureaus and the three credit bureaus themselves spread around to the politicians in Washington, I can't picture that they will do the right thing. And the right thing is you and I should have the same rights as Europeans, and that is the right to be forgotten and eliminate the all-powerful credit bureaus from being able to build these dossiers on us without our knowledge or permission. If
1: people had already, before they heard you, say, signed up for the Equifax um,
0: lame protection that
1: they're offering, does this mean that they already gave away their rights?
0: Well, the Equifax Terms of Service said that you were not going to receive any compensation for their fraud, well, they can't call this fraud, their negligence in this case. And after a huge uproar, Equifax changed the terms of service. You are not going to be prevented from receiving compensation that the court system will later determine that Equifax has to pay. If people did sign
1: up, is it possible that they could get duped into paying for monitoring in years to come?
0: Yes. Credit monitoring is like a serpent. It's something even if it's offered to you for free for a while, We get busy in our lives. We end up paying for something we should not pay for. Credit monitoring is not a value you should pay for. That's why I've recommended from the get-go on this that the first thing you do is sign up at creditkarma.com before you put freezes in place. They offer free credit monitoring. Free is what you should pay for credit monitoring.
1: With all the information that's been compromised, what's to prevent a bad guy from freezing my credit for me, therefore having my pin?
0: Wow, Um, that's pretty diabolical. I've not heard of that happening. I guess something like that could happen, but I think the criminals have such low-hanging fruit here to steal from people that that would be a step beyond what they would really think to do.
1: All right. And then one last one. I don't assume you'd have an answer, answer for this, but we did hear from many people that there's a glitch going on that when they try to freeze with Equifax, they get through the whole process. They get to the very last page. It says, please print this page for your records. And it is completely blank.
0: Yeah, that happened to my brother-in-law did. last night. So Equifax uh, systems are robust and adequate for their customers. They are obviously not using enough file server space for the American people who are not their customers. We're just, remember, we are just data points, and Equifax needs to get its act together. I'll say again, the congressmen and senators, when they hold the the show uh, hearings, are going to pretend outrage, and then they're going to go ga- backslap and go ride on the private Equifax jets and go play at the country clubs and take the money from them You and I need to stay on our game. The only time you overcome the corruption in Washington is when we stay focused and we keep watching. And I got to tell you, I'm going to be watching this. There's enough dirt going on here that we got to have a big vacuum cleaner to clean up. You and I, the American people, we are that vacuum cleaner. It's time for today's Clark-rageous moment. There's an important alert for you in this one. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark-rageous moment. A few million Americans have to carry an EpiPen with them because the danger of anaphylactic shock, it could come from a bee sting, it could come from people that are allergic to that, it could be people that are allergic to nuts or peanuts or tree nuts, it could be any of a number of reasons. And the FDA has issued a stern warning to the EpiPen maker who there were a number of EpiPens that were malfunctioning. And the EpiPen manufacturer instead of doing anything about it or analyzing what the failure was, we're just taking them back and sending people new ones at the risk to people's lives and not fixing the problem. Now they've identified what the problem is, and I want you to know there is a recall, and you're not likely to know about it. We're popping up a link for you at Clark.com, so you will be able to check on the EpiPens that you may carry or you may have a child who carries to see if the EpiPens you have are in fact likely or possibly defective and instead of saving your life or your kid's life would just be fool's gold. I want your kids or you to be protected and that's why you need to do this to check now. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, clarkdeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day. Let's talk about something that is a money-saving moment right now. Mortgage rates keep doing an up and down, up and down, instead of going on a steady trajectory one way or the other. So, we're in a new down cycle on mortgage rates that is actually a significant one. And it's because of the back to back hurricanes, the issues with North Korea, and also the dysfunction politically in Washington. Those factors have all influenced the movement of interest rates and, in turn, mortgage rates. So, mortgage rates have pivoted lower for people with top credit scores. 30-year fixed-rate mortgages are back in the upper threes, and 15-year mortgages seem to be residing between around 275 to 3.125%. The spread between 30-year and 15 has been unprecedented how large it's been for the last many years, and it has widened yet again. And so for refinances, which is really where the action is in 15-year loans, there is a definite benefit to going into a 15-year loan refi. Your payment, ironically enough, could actually go up even though the interest rate is so much lower because you're cutting the loan term potentially somewhere close to half if you haven't been in your 30 a real long time. Uh, Many people are already in a low enough rate that this is not important to you, but many others are in higher rates. The most complicated thing is if you are in a lock on a mortgage you're closing on in the next few weeks, depending on your lender, you may have an ability to pay a little bit of money or you may have a float down one time where you can lock in the new lower rates on your mortgage for the purchase of your home. In Houston, and this may be short term, but there's anecdotal reports that houses that are specifically built so that they can withstand flooding are going for more money per square foot than homes that are more low-lying, and this goes back to something that I've talked about for the last 10 years, and whether or not you are a believer that we as humans contribute to climate change, the reality is we're in a climate change cycle and we are likely to be in a time of greater storm activity and higher water levels. The Dutch, who have more experience in this than anyone else, have used a number of techniques to deal with potential flooding, one that no one is doing in the United States, that we need to look at in coastal areas, is a method of construction where a home sits on land, but is on uh, four uh, posts that are dug deep into the ground with pilings, and the house has material that allows it to become essentially underneath a houseboat during rising water levels. So the house simply rises with those water levels. I saw those homes on a visit to Holland two years ago. And I went to see them with my son, and it is a very, very interesting way of building the additional cost to construction is teensy tiny and we in coastal areas need to think through how we build so that we put people as much as we can out of harm's way in southern mississippi that got hit by katrina 12 years ago and in some neighborhoods in new orleans homes are now built nine feet above so underneath is basically um, a giant crawl space and you walk up nine and a half feet to enter the dwelling to get away from the flooding and this is the kind of thinking we need to have so many of us as americans live at the coast or close to it and are subject to potential flooding and we need to learn from others like the dutch that have dealt with this for hundreds of years Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mike. Hey, Howard, how are you? Great, thank you, Mike. You are someone who moves frequently.
2: Oh, in the past few years, yeah.
0: Well, how can I be of help with that?
2: Well, my question, uh, as for your advice years ago, I, I freeze all our credit, my mine and my wife's and my son, when he started college.
0: Don't and, you uh, feel brilliant right now for having done that?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Well, my question is, this hasn't happened to me or my wife, but for my, my son, he was. We lived in Indiana, came to Virginia. He finished college in Indiana. And now he's in college in uh, grad school in Kentucky, and uh, twice he's gone to lift his freeze for, um, like, for when he got his apartment and uh, when he got a, a vehicle, and it was just one of the bureaus refused to lift his freeze, and. Uh, When we finally got a hold of them, they're so hard to get a hold of a person to help. In both situations, the first person to answer the phone couldn't help at all. We had to get supervisors. And ultimately, it was his address. They had an address that he hasn't lived in in almost three years. And I was wondering if it's a service like a LifeLock. I I know I'd have to pay for it. But you think that would be easier to get a hold of a person and... uh, update addresses and that
0: sort of thing so lifelock doesn't specifically do that for you lifelock is a monitoring and alert service and they are the largest player in that and the most successful at marketing their service but if you were to take your son and downgrade him from a credit freeze to just doing simple monitoring you would want to do that with credit karma which you may have heard me talk about Sure. Because yeah. then your son wouldn't have to pay anything for it. But it is um, that is an unusual and, and ridiculous problem. And it goes to the heart of what the issue is with the credit bureaus. Their databases are not accurate. And uh, there are a lot of people who are denied loans, pay higher for insurance, don't get a job because of the enormous number of inaccuracies with the reports so i'd hate for your son to go to the step of not having a credit freeze in place but if it just feels like it's too much of a hassle at least do the free credit monitoring at credit karma
2: okay and then as far as moving we're going to be selling our virginia home moving to florida or renting at first till we find exactly where we want to live and then buying and again some, a couple more moves coming up so I'm afraid it's going to happen to us but It's more important,
0: what an interesting thing you just brought up, it's more important for you to deal with the potential hassle, if you have trouble at some point unlocking than it would be for you to leave your credit exposed because when you move from one place to another, particularly one state to another you are a much more likely candidate for credit uh, for credit fraud and identity theft Because of the moves, you have mail that doesn't always follow the person and it can fall into the wrong hands and then somebody has a field day pretending they're you. Yeah, yeah. So even if you were to have a hiccup like your son has had with the possibility of moving, doing the credit freeze becomes even a higher priority than someone who stays in the same place forever. I wish there were easy answers to this, Mike. There aren't, and I feel you've done the right thing and did it many years ago, and good for you. Alicia's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Alicia. Hi, Clark. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Certainly, Alicia. We're going to talk about your retirement. Tell me.
3: Yeah, so I feel like I've done a pretty good job setting away some funds for my retirement. I'm almost 40, and really feel like I've done a good job there, but sort of to the detriment of emergency savings and other things. And I was needing some advice on trying to figure out how to get back on track. Should I stop investing in my 401k or should I continue doing that and just rebuild my credit and other things?
0: So tell me about the credit. What exactly is going on with it?
3: So, fairly low score, um, less than 650, and wanting to rebuild it because I, I'm in the need of a new vehicle. And so I was hoping to maybe free up some funds to pay down debt. And I, I didn't know if it was wise to do that at the detriment of my retirement savings.
0: Well, you know, there is no automatic answer to that. Tell me, in the four hundred and one k you have at your employer, what kind of match do they offer?
3: A uh, the total match is probably about six percent.
0: Do they really? What do you have yeah. to put in to grab their six percent?
3: So they do uh, dollar for dollar for the first about three percent, three to four percent, and then fifty cents for the next, um, yeah, for the next three percent.
0: Okay, so if you have that kind of match available to you, no matter what else is going on in your life, you've got to put in enough to grab that match. Right. So you wouldn't want to cut back. If you're you're contributing more than that, beyond what you need to put in for the match, and you want to cut back to just the amount that will get you that full match, that is so valuable for you because you effectively be saving more than a dime of every dollar you make even dialing back to just grabbing all their match money they're throwing at you?
3: Yeah, I do set aside a little bit more than the match, probably in the nature of about 10%. And then they also offer uh, Roth, and I participate in that
0: as well. So you you would be okay if you were to bring it back some? Okay. So that you could uh, get to work on paying down those debts? Because you know the, the amount of debt you're carrying – represents thirty percent of your overall credit score, the amount of debt you have versus your your credit limits, what's known as your right. available credit. So if you were to divert some money that right now is going to your Roth four hundred one K or your traditional four oh one K and just put in at least so you grab all the company match, that would be fine. Okay. That You're already nice doing do that. a good job saving for your future. I don't want to take you into reverse, which it would be if you left company match money on the table, but beyond that, it's fine to put your efforts towards fixing that credit score. And,
3: and so you would advise working on paying down the debt versus the emergency savings?
0: Yes, because the debt carries a very high rate of interest and affects you multiple ways where you will not earn anywhere near on your savings what you're paying now on interest on the debt right good point so a good job that you've been so dedicated saving money for your future it's going to pay off for you so much down the road steve is with us on the clark howard show hello steve hello how are you great thank you steve
3: I was curious about uh, wh- how you felt about uh, using one of those peer-to-peer lending uh, companies for an IRA.
0: You know, that's been a pitch lately from Lending Club, if I recall right. Correct. And it is it is different than traditional investment for retirement. And so I I don't know that... I would go into that in a big way. For people who aren't aware, what you would be doing is you were making or losing money in your IRA based on loans you make to other individuals and how they do paying on those loans or not paying on those loans. Now, the advantage of putting IRA funds into Lending Club is I invest with Lending Club and Prosper both. Outside of a retirement account. So I'm subject to um, to significant tax on the earnings I have on the loans that I'm making that you avoid if you're doing it through an IRA. Right. So I could see you if you wished to do part of your IRA in a lending club IRA, but I wouldn't make it your main focus of doing your IRA. I think it still should be invested in index funds, mutual funds, that sort of thing.
3: Okay. Well, yeah, I've an IRA now. I can no longer invest in because I have no more uh earned income. So I just I was gonna I, it's invested in mutual funds and uh what an a REIT. I was gonna cash it out and move it over there just because for the same thing. There's no taxes
0: and uh you can well, eventually it. you'll pay tax on the increase well, yeah, I mean, in the value. Well, as it's growing. Yeah. But so um, I, I, would not go, too risky. I would not go all in on it, Steve. There's, there's. If you stick with high-credit-quality portfolios with London Club or Prosper, your risk levels are very low, very minor. I've been in it now, I forget how many months. I'm going to get my next report once I've been in a year with each, how my money's been performing. But this would not be all in all your IRA money, because you're not going to get enough long-term growth putting your IRA money in this kind of lending portfolio. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com, and then Joel asks it for you. Joel, tell me. Clark Vaughn's got a question. He says, I would love your thoughts regarding healthcare co-op organizations and how well they work. So the health care co-ops are an alternative that has been very popular with some people as an alternative to traditional health insurance. These are religious-based organizations that have an exemption under the law for how you provide health care to your family. Let's say you're a self-employed individual, and through a religious-based co-op, you buy coverage. It is not traditional health insurance, and therefore the premiums in a co-op are a tiny fraction of what they are for what's known as underwritten health insurance. So you would pay uh, not pennies on the dollar, but maybe a quarter on the dollar is the equivalent in premiums. The downside, if in a co-op too many people have major illnesses, the co-op runs out of money, and then people are either assessed or claims that people submit that are part of what the co-op would normally pay for are not paid. So this is an area that is a potential opportunity if buying traditional health coverage is not viable for you, for you, you as an individual or your family. But know that it is not the same and the coverages are not as thorough as with traditional health insurance. And remember, they do have to be faith-based, religious-based co-ops to be valid under the law. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you tuning into The Clark Howard Show. And if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast, well, we have our Empowerment Zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives or things they've done to accomplish. Go to Clark.com slash zone.